FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us online now is Vince Perry. He is a consumer advocate. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing great. And I know we're going to talk with you about, um, you're going to give us some helpful hints in regard to uh, how people can navigate this complex system of uh, that need help and claims, et cetera, in regard to flood relief. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, it is really, we're, we're not that accustomed. I mean, I don't know if anybody is anywhere in the country, but certainly not that accustomed to natural disasters and, and flooding, although lately we've had some. Uh, but, you know, you, you go through that whole process, and then to navigate the insurance process is, it seems daunting. I, I don't even know where, where people would even start. It is. It is daunting because obviously it starts with the with the actual tragic event that occurs. You know, right off the bat, you're already behind the eight ball just because you know you've lost a lot of you know you've lost a lot of your most valuable possessions. You've lost any kind of accessibility or use of your most prized possession, which is your home. And then on top of that, now you are sort of in a waiting game as to when is the insurance adjuster going to come inspect? When are they going to? pay the damages, how much are they going to pay me, and it's an extremely stressful process uh, right from the get-go, from, from the moment that you actually suffer the loss. And Vince, can you, so give us some tips. I know you talk about uh, tips and advice for those that are trying to navigate the insurance claims process, including uh, steps to take that would immediately ensure they get the coverage that they deserve. Can you give us uh, some some tips in that regard? Sure, yeah. The first thing you need to do is just to, just to look at your policy. Just Nobody ever does, right? Everybody does the, they do an automatic renewal or the agent sends a, an automatic renewal policy package. Nobody ever takes a look at it, and nobody really knows exactly what's going on there. I would, you know, at least once a year, whenever that renewal is, just take a look at it. Uh, you know, maybe find an expert. Uh, we, we offer free policy reviews all the time, and, and you can find one anywhere local to you where somebody could just take a look at it. It's not your agent is also a good person where you could just try to ask the right questions, you know. Now, flood and I think it's important to know that flood and your normal homeowner's insurance are two different things. Yeah. So your normal homeowner's insurance will actually say that flood is excluded, okay, which means it's not covered, but it is covered under a separate insurance policy. Uh, it's, uh, it's from the National Flood Insurance Program, the NFIP, and FEMA as well, where they you purchase uh, you purchase the flood insurance from like a private, small private company, but it's basically FEMA and NFIP that provides flood insurance. So it's important to know that there is two differences, but in regards to asking the right questions to your insurance agent, first say, hey, do I have flood insurance? Okay, because I know it's two separate things, so do I have it? And then in regards to your homeowner's insurance, uh, things like, you know, hey, what are the list of exclusions? What are some of the endorsements in this new policy that, that I'm now purchasing? Because they change every year. They don't normally notify you, or they do in some kind of discreet letter that you don't even read, or it's part of a huge package as well, and you don't really know what's going on. So if you get asked these questions to your agent, most importantly, what are, the, what are the new endorsements? What are the exclusions in my policy? Everybody knows the deductible. Everybody knows the limit, but they don't know some of the intricate details on the additions and the subtractions that they include in your policy. 
Now, what if you don't have flood insurance? Then you're not covered for flood. And what is a flood? I love, you know, people will call me and say, hey, oh, my God, I just experienced this huge flood in my house. What do I do? It's not a flood. They, you know, it was a pipe burst or it was a, a backup in their house and water was all over their house and they call it a flood. That is not a flood. A flood is uh, any kind of rising water or overflow of a, of a nearby body of water. Also, i.e. a hurricane and the, uh, the surge, you know, when that water starts to come up and it starts to come into your house. Basically, we, 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 we like to say from the ground up, that's a flood. And that is a completely separate insurance. As opposed to, you know, something flooded your house like the, a pipe backed up or something like that, as you said. Exactly. Everybody calls it flooding their house, right? But to me, that's not a flood. So I always try to, it's, a, it's different. And, and, it's, and not only to you, but it's handled differently in regard to insurance, right? It is unfortunately handled much differently. Uh, the best bet is for anyone to go to the NFIP website, and I say that because it's a, tr- it's a really, really great website. I, st- I go to it every once in a while just to, if I get a question that I may not know or just a little refresher, but the NFIP website is a great tool to go on. Uh, they've got all kinds of little brochures and different things that you could just sort of take a look at. It's a, it's a pretty much blanket coverage you can get more coverage in regards to higher limits, but for the most part, it's a blanket coverage of what they're going to cover. And basically, it's wherever the water touches. So if your house does get flooded by a nearby body of water or anything like that, um, if, there, if, if your house has water inside, normally what happens after it dries out is it creates a flood line. So there'll be a line, you know, it sucks, right? But there'll be a line on, on your drywall or on your baseboard that shows where the water was. If you, I'm going to give you a good tip. If you go and clean everything and it is spotless, and by the time the flood adjuster comes in and does his inspection and does not see a flood line, they may not pay for your flood damage. Well, because the, um, like anything else in life, the evidence is key, right? Yeah. What about photos? Nowadays, everybody has a cell phone, and, and uh, I, I, everybody I've talked to said, well, the first thing I did was take pictures of everything. Yeah, so what, so what is the answer, Vince, there? You obviously want to get things repaired and back in shape as quickly as you can, but you don't want to be screwing yourself over in regard to the adjuster. Is, is what Anthony said, just said, is that the answer? Yes. Yes, I'm glad you said that. I say that in my videos on the YouTube channel all the time where everybody's got access to a camera now. Everybody's got a smartphone. So, yes, the best thing that you can do is not only photos but videos of, like, you, like, you know, splashing around in water and stuff like that. Whatever kind of videos is great, too. I literally just did a mediation just last week where I got a – they completely denied the claim – and I got it reversed because my insured came across some photos and video of a crazy storm of a tornado uh, that passed through uh, a, a small part of Florida where she actually had the video evidence, and I got the entire claim completely turned around because of that evidence. So, yes, photographing, documenting, videographing, anything that you can do while the event is taking place and immediately after. All right, well, we're going to take a quick two-minute break, and then we're going to come back. We're, we're uh, talking with Vince Perry from Elite uh, Resolutions about navigating the process of claim. Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. We are back on The Morning Drive, and we're continuing our discussion now with Vince Perry. He is a consumer advocate and founder of Elite Resolutions. If you have a question for Vince, 
Give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. And Vince, um, can you tell us the difference between, is it handled differently in regard to uh, the claims process for homeowners versus businesses? Yeah, uh, usually, well, obviously with with homeowners, you don't have to deal with any kind of loss of, of business income. So the loss of business, that's it can get a little bit more complicated in regards to having to shut down for a certain amount of time. And throughout that time, you're making, on average, a certain amount of revenue, and you have your expenses. And, you, you know, I always try to recommend if, if, if myself, if I can't assist the, the business owner or the business owner has trouble providing me with that kind of documentation, a forensics accountant is fantastic for something like that to, to really get an accurate depiction as to what is exactly owed under the business in, loss of business income uh, coverage. Now, this is something that's, that's kind of interesting. You know, the insurance company typically has adjusters. They come out and they, they look and they say, okay, well, this is this, this is this we're going to pay. You know, they, they assess the situation. But you mentioned something about a public adjuster. What's the difference? And, and, and could you speak a little bit about the adjustment process? Well, that's what we do. That's what I am. I've been a public adjuster for 15 years. My company, Elite Resolution, we're a team of public adjusters, and we help the consumer making sure that they're treated fairly, making sure that the insurance claims process is going the way it's supposed to go. You know, it's like anything, I guess. Uh, it's, it's good to have an advocate representing you. If not, you know, you're kind of beholden to what... You don't want to be beholden to the person who's actually cutting the check because then they have complete control as to how much that check is going to be. So in insurance companies like any other privately owned company, it's, it's a business and there's expenses. And their largest expense is claim expense. So obviously... They're going to try to find ways to, to save money any which way they can. And a lot of times that comes in the estimate that they write. So, and you could, this is, you could ask any, anybody who's been through a claim and anybody who's had a contractor or anything like that, they'll review the estimate that the insurance company put together. And frankly, nine times out of ten, it's just not where it's supposed to be. And they use little techniques like, you know, they'll, the, for, let's say the interior home, they'll, they'll put in for one coat of paint instead of two coats of paint. Nobody, nobody paints their house with one coat of paint. They always put two coats. Um, they may want to detach and reset something. Let's say old cabinets. If they don't think that it was damaged, you know that if you remove those old cabinets, they're going to break, and you're going to have to end up replacing them. But the insurance company will write up to detach and reset. And it's little things that they've sort of figured out over the last 20-some-odd uh, years. I say since around, there was a big case that they had. I think it was in the early 90s. It was Allstate versus... I can't remember who it was, but basically, you know, they discovered that they were, I hate, I don't like to, I really don't like to bash the insurance company, but I was going to say cutting corners, but it's Go little ahead. things that add up. They add up when you multiply it by millions of claims, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there, it's a huge savings. And nobody normally disputes right. that. So that's what ends up being paid. And, and Vince, do you, how many, do you think the average person out there going through this process knows their rights in regard to, what you just talked about, for if if a payout is below what it really probably should be, do you think most people understand what their rights are or understand these little tweaks that the insurance company may be doing? The ones you just suggested? No, no, absolutely not. They, they're, they're, nobody has any idea for the most part. I mean, you have to really an estimate. Well, you already know how confusing the policy is. Uh, that's already a book in itself. And even for me, I have to have to go back and look at it three times just to figure out what, the, what they're trying to say. Um, and the same thing goes for an estimate. You, know, you, could have, you could have over 500 line items in an estimate, 
And it's broken down into, the, like I said, the coats of paint, attaching, resetting this, the baseboard, the texture. And it, it can become very daunting when looking at it. And you don't, I've, I've seen thousands of them, so it's a little bit easier for me. But somebody who doesn't look at these things all the time, it could get a little, it can get pretty daunting looking at an estimate and all the different line items that's going on there. You don't know what's good and you don't know what's bad. So um, it, uh, in many ways, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to liken it to, to uh, like if you had a, a buyer broker, if you're buying a house, you had somebody that, that was familiar with the, the business of buying and selling homes. You, you need to really have an advocate that's familiar with, with the insurance industry's payout procedures. Now, who pays the public adjuster? So is that something that, that the, the insurance company is ultimately on the hook for? Or does that, that comes out of the, the uh, customer? So it comes out of the customer. And the best comparison and the best analogy I can give you, honestly, is probably an accountant. Where you can go ahead nowadays, you can file taxes on your own. And if it's simple, you can go ahead and do it yourself. And if you have a simple claim and you have a you know, general idea of sort of how the process works and maybe a little bit of construction knowledge, you can go back and tell them, hey, no, this is not the way it is, you need to pay more here, and they'll ask for some evidence, you provide it to them, and you should be able to get back on your feet. But again, most people don't know taxes or the insurance claims process, and ultimately, yes, if you hire a public adjuster, uh, we charge anywhere between 10 and 20%, uh, but on average, I mean, you can Google this, you can find this anywhere, on average, we normally get anywhere between 50% to seven, sometimes 700% more uh, just simply by hiring a public adjuster. So normally... Uh, nothing is guaranteed, but more often than not, the fee is covered once our job is all said and done. Does does it matter at all in regard to claims, adjustments, etc., whether you live in a what's what's called a flood zone? You're you'll probably have higher uh, rates that you have to pay. Your your flood insurance will not only be required, uh, but it'll probably be higher than most other places. So your mortgage provider, that, that was one of my questions because I know some people up here, we were just watching on TV last night, a, a woman escaped her home from a mudslide, okay? She lives on the side of a mountain. Does she probably have flood insurance? I doubt it. Would she be covered because it wasn't rising water, but it was an act from a storm? Probably not. Should be. Mudslide? I, I I don't know. That's one of those answers where I tell I tell people when I don't know is I have to look at the policy. Yeah. Okay. But no, I these are these are the things because most of Vermonters don't live in floodplains. You know, there's a few uh, obviously around rivers and things where you know the mortgage companies provide it. But I would say a vast majority of people that are affected by storms like that up here don't have flood insurance. But after listening to you define a flood. Maybe they are covered from mudslides or, you know, a lot of people had trees falling on their homes, things like that. But it's caused by the storm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the, a tree falling on your home is definitely covered under your normal homeowner's policy. Okay, even if it's, even if it's caused by this storm that caused the floods. Yep, yep, that, that, would be, that would normally be covered, yep. So, what are, so the adjuster comes in from the insurance company and... Are there questions that the that the owner of the home should be asking them to sort of make sure that they are not cutting corners, that they are not doing? I'm sure there. You gave examples, and I'm sure there's lots of more examples that they could do to cut corners and and limit the amount of coverage you're getting. Are there things that homeowners should make sure that they really are watching out for and ask the adjuster when they come in? 
It's tough, right? Because a lot of people don't know that the adjuster that the insurance company sends out is actually an independent adjuster. There's still a hired gun, I guess, from, uh, from the insurance company, but they're an independent adjuster. They put together their report. They put together their documentation. They put together their estimate. They submit that to the insurance company. And really, the insurance company, there aren't many regulations that they have that they can take that report and completely wipe everything out. If they feel, after reviewing the photos in-house and reviewing the estimate, that, that it doesn't need two coats of paint or that that, that doesn't have to be replaced, they, they are allowed to change the estimate and ultimately flash it to not pay for what you thought was going to be paid because I get the same story all the time. And even for me, I'll go out and I'll meet an independent adjuster and we'll agree on everything. And all of a sudden the estimate comes a few weeks later or a month later and it's nothing that we agreed to. So it's kind of a tough question to answer because you don't really know what's going to happen once it goes in-house. And so how does that get handled when there is a dispute like a homeowner has hired a, a, a separate adjuster? as opposed to the insurance adjuster and the insurance adjuster says hey I, I don't agree with these things you said and we're you know how does that get how does that get sorted out in court right no no so the beauty of it is frankly the initial payment is also known as an undisputed payment that basically means the insurance company sends a check and they say hey based on our initial inspection and based on our initial investigation we feel that this is how much it's going to cost to to put your home back to pre-loss condition is what we call it. So to the way they have, they are required to put your home back to exactly to the way it was before. They say, okay, it's going to cost $10,000 to do all of this. If, however, you find a public adjuster or a contractor or a roofer or whoever it is that says it's going to cost more, please present us with that information and we'll go ahead and we'll review that information. Maybe we'll go out to reinspect the property or whatever and we'll consider paying this. So it's not, don't get too discouraged if that initial payment, you know, again, I get the phone calls where everybody's just up in a roar. Oh my God, they underpaid me. It's okay. That's just an undisputed payment. So you could request a supplement by providing documentation. Uh, and then there's also some, what we call in the in industry, alternative dispute resolutions, uh, where you could file an appraisal, you can go to mediation, or you can go to an arbitration. So there are options, and that actually happened. I, I mean, I think most people have had, if they've had an insurance claim, it's probably with an automobile. And it's, it's kind of similar, but there's just a million other things on the checklist. Uh, and that's exactly what happened with my truck. I hit a deer, adjuster comes in, insurance company approves it. They dig in a little bit and realize they had to spend another $7,000 on a computer and some other stuff. But they did it. They paid it. Uh, and the adjuster came back and said, if we'd known that, we would have totaled the vehicle. But they paid it. Mm -hmm. Vince, we're basically out of time. Any other uh, any other tips we did not get to that you want to impart here as we in just in that last minute or so? I always leave an interview with the most important thing to understand is there is a there is a section in your insurance policy that nobody knows about. It's in the condition section and it's called the duties after the loss. These are the requirements that everybody has immediately following a loss. Things like photographing, documenting, filing the claim as soon as possible allowing the insurance company to inspect, providing any kind of receipts and invoices, protecting your property uh, from further damage, mitigating the damages, all these things. It's about usually anywhere from 7 to 11 things on this list that it's just very important for people to understand that they can deny your claim if you do not abide by these duties after the loss, and it's right in your insurance policy. It's dug deep in there on page 42 or whatever it is, uh, but it's, it's important to be aware that even if you do... Um, 
suffer a very legitimate loss. If you do not allow the insurance company to inspect, if you don't try to get them all the documentation they need, they do have a right to deny your claim. So it's very important that you, um, and that's basically what we do as public adjusters. We make sure that all those things are abided by throughout every insurance claim. All right, Vince Perry, thank you so much for being on the morning drive today. Consumer advocate, claims expert, a public adjuster, and founder of Elite Resolutions. Thank you so much for these tips on this important topic. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks a lot, Vince. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with uh, Amanda. She's got the uh, local news.